think we're having some technical difficulties. Yeah. Oh, was I was I uh, was I frozen there? You were frozen there for a minute. It's weird because I kept on going. I kept well, on keep going. Keep going now. Just, I kept <laughs> talking. Are you going to edit this part out, Matt? You'll have to listen and wait and find out. Hi and hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us today on Maine ASCD, the podcast, where we talk about whole child education in Maine and beyond. I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm Matt Drewette Card. Thank you so much for downloading. Hopefully you've uh, subscribed to our podcast. You never miss an episode. Today is a, a exciting episode where I get to talk with uh, two educational leaders in Maine from the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association, also known as MCLA. I'm talking with Courtney Belolan, the our executive director of MCLA, and Matt Shea, the president-elect of MCLA. We talk about instructional coaching, we talk about uh, learner-centered teaching and instruction and curriculum, we talk about imposter syndrome. Uh, so enjoy the show, hope you would do it. Um, before we do that, uh, get onto that though, I wanna let you know that there is um, some upcoming professional learning opportunities for you, one of which is in New Hampshire with our partners and our affiliate partners down there in New Hampshire, the New Hampshire ASCD affiliate. Uh, they have a conference coming up. What you should do is go onto our website uh, and you can look up for upcoming conferences and professional learning develop uh, opportunities because at that conference, if you sign up for it and you use the main ASCD uh, promotional code, you'll get a discount. Now that's for members only. So members can get the discount. If you're not a member yet, but you want to be, uh, go to mainascd.org and follow the membership link. Now here's something I also want to tell you. For those of you who are ASCD members and who think that you just kind of have that automatic rollover to get your membership, I want to let you know that the local main affiliate ASCD, the main ASCD affiliate membership doesn't automatically roll over. That's something you have to do uh, in person, or not in person, but uh, manually, or you have to go intentionally do that. So, if you haven't done that, if you haven't, if you if you're not really sure, uh, you can reach us. You can uh, email us at ascdmain at gmail .com, or you can uh, DM us on Twitter at mainascd to find out. Hey, is my membership up to date? Do I have to do something about that? Just let us know, and we'll let you know that information. Because uh, many of us thought that it was just automatically rolling over and updating, but apparently it doesn't. So. Uh, if you're not sure, let us know and we'll get that taken care of. The membership for a year-long membership is only $40 and with that comes a tremendous amount of uh, vetted ASCD resources, discounts to conferences, discounts to our micro-credential suites, uh, the Journal for Maine Education, so, so much more uh, that will be coming your way in the upcoming year and beyond. So. Go to mainascd.org for more information and to become a member or to check on your membership. Uh, you can email us again at ascdmain@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So now, let's get on with the conversation with Matt, Shay, and Courtney Belolan from the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association. Today I'm talking with two amazing Maine educators, Courtney Belolan and Matt Shea 
uh, both of which are part of the organization, the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association. Courtney and Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. You kind of, I saw some laughs or scoffs at the words amazing educators. I, I, I always am, am struggling or, or trying to figure out what's the imposter syndrome? Why don't people want worry? Oh, we all have it. Every single one of us. Well, why we all have true? it. When I, so as you all know, I am now the executive director of the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association. Thank you. And I will not lie that uh, after being incredibly excited to have been offered the position, I had that moment of, what, who am I? Major imposter syndrome. And then I talked myself down and the way I talked myself down from imposter syndrome whenever in any situation or any lack of self-confidence in any situation is that um, I just remind ourselves myself that really none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> we're all doing the best right with what we have and what we know and every single one of us has been in a new job not being entirely sure of what the role is what the rules are um, and it's gonna be just fine so that's that's my there there you go that's my inspirational talk for today <laughs> that we're all figuring it out and we yeah. don't know what the heck we're doing yeah so just be okay with that and yeah. as as a as a friend of mine says lean into the squish lean it lean, lean into the swish squish oh squ <laughs> not, not swish i don't know what a swish would be maybe a <laughs> basketball reference but that's all i got and yeah. and matt how are you today i'm good i'm good i feel a lot like Courtney, uh, with the imposter syndrome thing. So being president-elect of MCLA, it's like, why, why, for one? But just being, <laughs> you know, being an educator and they put me in front of kids and then they put me into an administrator position. It's, it's all the same. It's like, why, why us? And then realizing that everybody we work with has the same feelings. Right. That we're the ones that are helping making the decisions and we're just people like anybody else. That's, that's really it. We're, we're here to help. And there's, there's no one answer. There's no one person that's out right. there that's going to, uh, uh, to help us that we're the ones. So let's just go ahead and, and get those conversations started. So, then, so then if, if everyone goes through this, does that encount or encapsulate uh, students as well? Yes. So yeah, they're coming in so. daily and feeling this imposter syndrome as well. They're faking Absolutely. it until they make it a kind of thing. Absolutely. Probably more so than us. Um, I know I did. Yeah. Um, and I think if Still you am. think about, you know, where education is right now and what a lot of what the um, push for in education to be more learner centered, and that's certainly what MCLA believes in. If you think about a learner who is not in a learner centered environment where there's, um, you know, transparency and a culture of agency and clear learning targets and clear expectations, 100% they have no idea what's going on. Um, and 100% they may not be feeling self-confident unless they're one of those few that know how to play the game of school. Um, and so most kids, most learners don't know how to play the game of school very well. So yeah, they all feel like imposters. I would agree. I think that's one of the reasons that MCLA tries to focus on some of those some of those core tenets on a, on the way that we can 
change the way we do the education system. As Courtney just said, it's about clear learning targets. It's about, it's about a culture in the classroom uh, that's engaging, that supports learner agency. It's about uh, assessment on actual targets with a correct rigor. Uh, it's about all those things to, to make some of that imposter syndrome go away for these kids. So it's not just the few that can play the game of school, but it's for everybody. And as public educators, I think that's what we are uh, not only tasked with, but mm-hmm. fully believe in, it, which is why we are public educators. Right. Well, it's one of the reasons why uh, we wanted to make sure that we that we talk to y'all. Um, and I lived in the South. I'm allowed to say y'all. Um, we, because you know the main ASCD is all focused on this whole, on a whole child framework, which means we're not just looking at students' test scores for measuring achievement, but it's really looking at our learning environments, our classrooms, our schools, our districts. As to what extent are they safe? Are they places where that we're promoting health, good health, and support, and challenge, and engagement? Um, and a lot of the work that MCLA is doing. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. Actually, it goes right along with a lot of those tenets as you're talking about being learner-centered and you're talking about, um, and you do a lot of work with coaching as well to help support the schools and support the learners in those, those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the big, um, the big, maybe not the big push, but the big, you know, the, our focus in MCLA is, uh, so our mission statement, right, our tagline is, uh, championing policies and practices that support learning and that support teaching and learning. Mm-hmm. And what we mean by that is a learner-centered environment, not any kind of teaching and learning, right? Learner-centered practices. Um, and like you said, a learner-centered practice kind of takes all of those things into account. Um, I think one place where we might differ from ASCD is that we do put more of our focus when it comes to professional learning and the offerings we give in the state um, and to people out of state, as an aside, we've had out of staters come to some of our events, which is always really cool when that happens, right. um, is we do tend to focus more on like uh, the instructional practices or strategies, like immediate classroom applications. Sure. Um, and we do tend to lean more on the side of right learning progressions and targets and using that and assessment um, assessment of the learning targets, not standardized tests um, to get at some of those discussions around, okay, the social emotional learning, the critical thinking, the agency, um, that's more of our in, right, is the actual curriculum. And when we say curriculum, we do mean um, learning targets aligned in progressions. So talk to me about the breadth or the reach of your organization. Where, where do you have folks from? Uh, and yeah. Right. Uh, so clearly I'm a professional at this interviewing thing. It's, that's a good question. It's fine. <laughs> um, we have members from the southern tip of Maine way up to the beginning of Route 1. And um, we have members that most of our members are in an administrative position as a curriculum director or director of teaching and learning or an assistant superintendent or any title in the state of Maine that has to do with managing um, and leading curriculum work. We are also, our membership is open to anybody. So we do have a number of principals. We have a number of teacher leaders. 
anybody in the state of Maine who is interested in and has a passion for curriculum and learner-centered practices can become a part of our organization. Um, in addition to that, just the standard membership for MCLA and the when you're a member, you get certain benefits, right? You get discounts, you get certain learning opportunities. Sure. Um, we represent our members for advocacy at the state level. Um, so you have a voice in, um, in policy that way. Um, we also have established an instructional coaching co-op. A few years ago, we recognized that instructional coaching positions were growing in the state of Maine. There were more and more, um, but they tended to be rather isolated positions. And in addition to that, there wasn't a lot of support um, around the state for them as far as professional development or even just networking. Um, so MCLA thought that it was appropriate for us to step into that space. And so now we have an instructional coaching co-op and this year we have 17 districts that are part of that. The first year we had 14. And, and this similar, is the second year of it? It is the second functioning year. It is the, we had one year that was planning. So it's okay. kind of the third year of it, but the second actual year where we've had events and gatherings. Yeah, this is one of the areas I really wanted to, to talk about. And I, just to make sure that anyone who's listening can also hear that this is also happening. Because you're right. Coaching has taken off. It's become this thing that people are really getting more interested in kind of like it became a buzzword for a little while. And it's kind of take really grown some roots just like, you know, social emotional learning right. has, has, has become a buzzword and has taken real roots. Importantly, um, RTI was that way for a, for a while. Sure. Um, but so when it comes to that level of the, creating those environments, those the, the learning target progressions and making sure that our kids are getting everything out of school, not just playing the game, as you mentioned earlier. Right. To what extent does coaching play a role in helping to create and um, act, activate or actualize those ideas? It can play a huge role. I think just like any initiative, right? Um, doing it is one thing, doing it well is another. Um, so coaching That's done true. well is incredibly powerful and has a very, very high effect size um, as far as transfer of information, skills, and learning from professional learning into actual practice. Um, if you want teachers to leave a workshop or leave some other kind of learning experience and actually apply what it is they've learned, it's pretty clear that the surefire way to do that is to have an instructional coach in the building available to those teachers uh, who understands and knows those skills also and is able to support them in implementing. Um, a coach is a really special piece of a learning environment that has a growth mindset and has collective efficacy and really truly is putting learners at the center. Matt, you've had experience with coaches in your district, um, in a previous district that you work in, you've had the experience of not having coaches and having coaches. So what, mm -hmm. what can you You're not have? talking to me, right? You're talking to- I'm talking to Matt Shea, yes, thank you. Yeah. I can't imagine that Matt and Matt would be confusing at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think when we had coaches, uh, we had coaches for uh, a few years uh, in a district that I worked in previously. Uh, in the years previous to that, we didn't have any coaches at all. And one of the things that, that I struggled with was being able to do some professional learning opportunities with teachers 
when there was a lot of teachers in the district and you can't physically get around when you're only one person uh, to all the different schools or, or teachers in the district. Uh, so one of the things that, that I was interested in was the role of what coaches were. So I, I was investigating that for a good year or so. And one of the things that I, that I heard the most was that everybody needs a thought partner. Mm-hmm. And when a teacher has a thought partner that they can work with that is not evaluatory, uh, it becomes a much stronger relationship between the teacher and the coach uh, than it would be a teacher and an, an administrator. Uh, when you can have those opportunities, but it's sometimes it feels like an evaluation when you're talking to a principal or an assistant principal or uh, a curriculum director. Sure. So when you have that thought partner, the feedback that we had the, the first year that we created the coaches in, in the district was overwhelmingly sufficient enough for the district to create a second position. Uh, so in the middle of the year, we hired another coach and started spreading them around a little bit. And again, the feedback was, was so good that I think the district has now realized the value of coaches and been able to keep them and as part of the coaching co-op that MCLA provides right now. And I've moved to a new district right now that doesn't have coaches and trying to spread the word about what a coach means, what it does for teachers. Uh, again, that thought partner, um, having the coaches work with me in that district helped me have a thought partner as an administrator. And I think really helped me do my job a lot better uh, than I would have by myself, considering I am by myself in a district now with no coaches, and it feels a lot different, uh, just trying to implement things. So that connectivity then between the coach slash administrator slash thought partner, and then the apl- applicability in the classroom, like the classroom instruction, the classroom environment, mm-hmm. um, how does that, and I, I want to wrap up quickly, but how does that kind of work? Because um, I've seen different models of, of coaching. There's a student-centered model. There's a, there's a teacher-centered model. And how, how do you bridge that kind of gap to make sure that the end result is less focused on the teacher but more focused on the learner? Well, we, MCLA and the Coaching Co-op, we really back and believe in the student-centered model. Okay. Um, or maybe even the student-centered philosophy, because what we've seen with it is that that you can overlay those principles on any coaching model, um, and it and it and it can work. So I will say that there are times, and a good coach will be able to to, to suss this out, so to speak. There are times when it it does make sense for your coaching to be a little bit more directive and a little bit more teacher-focused. Um, more often than not, it's the case that it, that going learner-centered and student-focused actually takes a lot of the stigma out of coaching, a lot of the anxiety out of coaching, uh, because it's about the learners and it isn't about the students. Um, I'm sorry, and it isn't about the teacher, right? The point of a coach is never to fix anybody. The point of a coach is to be a thought partner and work with teachers to make a learning environment as open and inviting and um, help learners be as successful as they can be in that learning environment. So I think when it's approached that way, and when we use the language like Matt Shea used, um, that everyone deserves a thinking partner or or a thought partner, 
it feels much better and more, people are more open to it. Um, and then I think it's also something that takes time. When I work with schools who are starting coaching programs or thinking about it, um, some of the advice I give is that you have to kind of stack the deck, so to speak. Like a principal has to be, or a district leader, or the principal and the district leaders have to be the champions of that coach. Um, and they need to help the coach get out there, right? But they can't assign anyone because that crosses the line between evaluation and support, right? And being a sure. But what they can do is go to the teachers that they know are up for anything or that they know would benefit and would enjoy having the coach as a thought partner and say something like, hey, you know, can you do me a favor, right? Can you, can you work with the coach to kind of, so that we can get this going so that other people can see what this looks like? It's important that coaching is visible. Um, if we want, teachers and other members of an education or learning community to see the value of coaching, um, it needs to be made visible. And that's, that responsibility is, is on the principal as well as the coach to make it happen. Um, and when it's visible and when it's clearly learner centered, um, that's when the practice will grow and become more of a staple than it is now. Well, Courtney, thank you for your time. Where can people get in contact with you and uh, the other folks at MCLA? Sure. So I can be reached on Twitter at Belolin C, and my name will be spelled in the show notes, I'm sure. They'll <laughs> so, be there, sure. <laughs> um, MCLA, we have a website. It is maincla.org, and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The handle is the same everywhere. It is at maincla. And I would be remiss if I didn't also say, if you like this stuff about Courtney and Matt, we're talking about like personalized learning. They do also both host, they're a separate podcast called Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. You can find those wherever you get your podcasts. And it, yes. is, it is fantastic. I've been a downloader for several years now. I can't, I, but I have listened to even a few. Thank um, you. You're welcome. I do want to be clear to your listeners that those are separate. <laughs> and that Yes. Um, when I am on the personalized learning with Matt and Courtney podcast, I am not necessarily, I am not representing Maine Curriculum Leaders Association. Uh, that disclaimer was well done. Thank you. Okay. Courtney, <laughs> Matt, thank you so very much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, maybe, bye. Bye. Thank you again for downloading, subscribing, and listening to Maine ASCD, the podcast. You can find us anywhere where you get your podcast on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Anchor or any of the other places where you get them. For those links, you can go to www.maineascd.org. That's our website. To follow our friends from the Maine Curriculum Leaders Association on Twitter, they're uh, at MaineCLA. Uh, you can follow Courtney Belolan at Belolan C. That's at B-E-L-O-L-A-N-C. You can follow Matt Shea at Winthrop D-O-T-L. That stands for Winthrop Director of Teaching and Learning. Uh, so at Winthrop D-O-T-L. Those are the places you can follow, follow them. So at Main CLA, at Belolan C, and at Winthrop D-O-T-L. You can follow me. I'm Matt Drewett Card. You can follow me at Drewett Card. That's at D-R-E-W-E-T-T-E-C-A-R-D. 
You can follow Maine ASCD on Twitter, at Maine ASCD. That's at Maine, the state spelled out, M-A-I-N-E-A-S-C-D. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this, go to our website for more information on upcoming professional learning developments with our friends from New Hampshire ASCD, our micro-credential suite, our membership, etc. at MaineASCD.org. Thanks again for listening. Chat soon. Thanks again. Bye.